Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, April 20th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked on Orioles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and coming up on today's episode, we continue our look at all four Orioles minor league affiliates at the full season level. And today, we take a look at High A, the Aberdeen Ironbirds, maybe the most exciting roster in the Orioles system. And Bob Phelan is going to join us. You know him as the co-host of BSL's On the Verge podcast covering all things Orioles minor leagues. We're going to get to the big names on this team like Colton Kowser and Kobe Mayo and also some lesser known names that you should watch out for in the 2022 minor league season. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So today we're taking a look at the Aberdeen Ironbirds, the Orioles high A affiliate. It's an exciting roster. We're going to get to know a lot of the guys on that roster. And here to join us to talk about that team is Bob Phelan. He is, of course, one of the co-hosts of On the Verge, covering all things Orioles minor leagues over at Baltimore Sports and Life, a fantastic O's podcast that you should be listening to as well. And Bob, first of all, uh, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me again. Always enjoy coming on. Yeah, so you uh, are one of the many who are making your first appearance back now that we are on YouTube. Uh, so we have uh, we have stepped up the game a bit over here at the pod. And uh, we're talking Ironbirds today. And, you know, this is a team where, you know, we don't get as much media out of the team because, frankly, that kind of doesn't exist. There is no broadcaster. Uh, just tonight, as we're recording, they are not, they are on the road in a ballpark that doesn't have MILB TV. So things get a little sketchy in terms of how much Ironbirds we can watch. That's why we bring you in because I know you've been to a game already this year. So I just wanted to get kind of first general thoughts on, you know, uh, about a, a week and a half so far of Ironbirds baseball. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, yeah, I wish we could see some announcing on the games on Miley TV or like even this week, we aren't going to get anything. So just got to, guess, head over to the stadium and watch them live. But it's a fun team. A lot of the 2021 draft picks are there, as well as Kobe Mayo, um, Colton Kowser. The the names are, are great. We get, of course, my, my guy, Gene Pinto. You know, the pitching is probably not as like noteworthy as far as name recognition goes as AAA and AA, but definitely some guys in there that I'm excited about that could break out a little bit this year. So, yeah, definitely a fun team to watch, and, and they've played well so far. Well, let's start with Colton Kowser because in terms of, you know, name recognition, he was the Orioles first round pick fifth overall in 2021. And uh, after, you know, getting to Delmarva at the end of last year and just tearing the cover off the ball at low A, he starts the year at high A. And I know it's been a little bit of a slow start. You guys talked about on your episode this week, some strikeout issues that he's had, but uh, he's already homered tonight for the first time uh, as we chat here on Tuesday evening. But what of the kind of first impressions been on, on Colton Kowser at high A? And then more importantly, really, what are the expectations for him through the rest of 2022? Yeah, he's definitely got a lot of strikeouts. It's I know a lot of people are concerned about the level of strikeouts, especially because he just showed last year that he doesn't do that much. And he like had the same numbers of walks as strikeouts last season. But I think it's more just a matter of and I said this on my show. I mean, this is a theory. Don't know if it's true, but maybe, you know, he's added some bulk, not bulk, but he added some good weight, trying to add some muscle, a little more power to his frame. Maybe he's tinkering with his swing to try to tap into that more. 
and he's just adjusting. You know, you can you can do it in practice, you can do it in spring training, but then once these competitive games get going, you know, it's it takes some getting used to. And I, I think Adley Rutschman, you know, didn't exactly light the world on fire in his first week last year as far as walks to strikeouts go, and he turned out okay. So I'm not too worried about him. We've said if he's still doing this the end of May, early June, then, you know, that's a conversation to have. But he's a guy, I think, that should move pretty quickly once he gets his feet under him. He's polished. He's got a great hit tool, a great plate discipline at the plate, can play a good outfield. Um, yeah, I have still no reason to believe that he won't be in Bowie by July 1st. Yeah, and the other, you know, top five Oriole prospect that is in Aberdeen is Kobe Mayo, who, you know, is still 20 years old and is still, you know, younger than a lot of his teammates. But, uh, you know, you just kind of mentioned it, and that's where I wanted to go. You know, Mayo, a little bit of a struggle early as well, just like Kowser, but we know the kind of bat he has, and and he's going to figure it out. Do you feel like, you know, if at the end of the season, these two guys play a good chunk in Aberdeen, get the stats up, and then play, you know, a couple of months in Bowie by the end of the year. Is that a, you know, plus plus season for these two guys? I think that's about what you would expect. I mean, yeah, it would be crazy exciting if they just, you know, started on fire and blew through single A and then got to double A, pulled to Kyle Stowers and ended up at triple A. But, you know, how realistic is that? I think we should still be very happy as long as the numbers are good. That If they end the year in Bowie, that's very, very successful. And even Mayo, I think, He's so young, he could spend the entire season in Aberdeen, and I don't think it's anything to worry about. You know, he's 20 years old facing college guys that are two or three years older than him. So, and he looks comfortable at the plate. The numbers might not be there yet, but I think he's he's holding his own. He's not striking out a ton. He's He's got some walks, hitting for some power. So, again, not too concerned after nine games. Yeah, and then, you know, those are obviously the two top prospects who are on this team. I mean, uh, most places have them kind of in the top five after Grayson Rodriguez and Adley and D.L. Hall. But as you mentioned, you know, it's just an exciting group of hitters. It's all these recent college guys. It's some of the 2020 guys. It's, you know, Cesar Prieto is, is in this group. Of course, you know, Kobe Mayo's in it. Who, you know, there's been, I'll give you the three guys who are over 1,000 OPS to start the year. Dante Williams, T.T. Bowens, and John Rhodes. Who of those three has you the most excited to watch the rest of this year? For me, it's John Rhodes, especially after talking to him for an article I wrote a few weeks ago. Just a really engaging, smart kid. Um, really knows what he's talking about, buying into the system completely. Loved what I heard from him personally. And then he showed out any chance he got at major league spring training, a couple opportunities, hit a home run, threw someone out on the bases, a couple more base hits, and he's starting out hitting the ball hard all over the place. I mean, even when he's been getting out, they've been loud outs. So the fact that he can sit here bat 360 with an OPS over a thousand and hasn't even hit a home run yet, it's very exciting. I think he was playing some second base. He could play the outfield. I, I'm very intrigued by this guy. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because you mentioned the second base thing and he, I mean, he really should have been when the Orioles drafted him listed as a utility guy. I mean, he's gone through it all. He was a catcher at one point before injuries took him out from behind the plate. He played the infield. He played the outfield at Kentucky. He's a, he's a younger guy. You know, he was a draft eligible sophomore, I believe. And, and he's just a really, really interesting prospect where, you know, I think some people thought eh, maybe the Orioles stretched a little bit to take him when they did last year, but He's got all the all the data that they love. And listen, Michael Elias likes guys that can play around the diamond. He literally plays everywhere. And then, you know, th there's just the rest of these guys like Connor Norby. And I mentioned Prieto and, and you know, Burns is here. And, you know, I know Pavoloni and, and Billy Cook, those guys have struggled a little bit uh, to start the year. But just 
when when you look up and down this group, I think you know we talked about Kowser and Mayo. Those are the prospect guys in this group. And then you have you know the names people know, maybe like a a Cesar Prieto, who people know because just kind of got added to this team when nothing else was happening, and everyone got excited about seeing him. But you know, besides Rhodes, is there like an under the radar name in this Aberdeen lineup who you think you know might start to get onto prospect list because not a lot of these 2021 hitters are really high on prospect lists, but at some point, a couple of them are going to be. Yeah. One guy I'm looking out for, and he got a late start to the season. He's only had played in a couple games so far. I'm not sure why, if he was just, wasn't in shape yet, or he had a minor injury, but Jacob Teeter first baseman. So he's really got a hit, you know, to make it worthwhile, but he's done so, so far. I mean, last year to end the season in Delmarva, he was raking and then you heard good things about him from Matt Blood over the offseason. I think it was a Dan Connolly article, my favorite, who um, he put out uh, 10 players to watch, and Jacob Teeter was on there. Matt Blood named him, and he's already two for seven with the double in a walk. So I think he might be this year's J.D. Mundy, a guy who just you know comes out, rakes, and just hits his way up to get into uh, our attention here. Yeah, and I know this is, you know, well, Jacob Teeter, first of all, the other thing that he does is like I, I talked with, you know, his college coach, Lance Necro, the former big leaguer, and he said like he's never seen anybody play first base as well as he does defensively. And it's a very underrated defensive position because if you have an average first baseman over there, you don't really notice and it's fine. But if you have a really good one, it, it, it gains you outs all the time. And the other thing about this roster is I know you guys touched on this on uh, your episode on Monday is that because Del Marva's so young, there's not a lot of guys besides Daryl Honayas, who we talked about on this podcast with Sam Jelinek yesterday, that are really, you know, trying to quickly get to Aberdeen just because of their age and their experience. So all these hitters are going to have a, a really good chance to kind of gel together in this lineup, be in Aberdeen for a while and uh, and put on a show. So that's definitely uh, going to be interesting. But we're going to move on uh, to the pitchers, to not as many big names, but, you know, definitely some guys to look out for in just a second but first got to tell you about bluenile.com because whether person in your life prefers a statement piece or everyday subtle elegance bluenile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom shop high quality classic diamond earrings elegant tennis bracelets or gemstone pendant necklaces if you're looking for fine jewelry for anyone in your life but you're having trouble choosing blue nile has jewelry experts on hand 24 7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So if you're just confused on what's the best jewelry to get, head over to BlueNile.com. They will help you make a selection. And this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Orioles listeners get $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. So we're here with Bob Phelan, co-host of Baltimore Sports and Life's On The Verge podcast covering all things Orioles minor leagues. And we're taking a look at the Aberdeen Ironbirds, how they've done so far, and previewing their 2022 season. And Bob, we talked about, you know, I think it's fair to say the more exciting group on this team, hitters versus pitchers, is this lineup because it's just up and down loaded. And I got to say, I know you guys talked about it a lot, but the Connor Norby home run and the pimp job essentially was fantastic <laughs> to see it at the high A level. 
And for me, as a big college baseball guy, it reminded me that like Connor Norby just got off of, you know, inches away from getting his team to the College World Series last year. And now he's coming in in April of this year. And he's used to his April games, meaning a whole lot more than they do in the minor leagues. So I love that he's just bringing that college baseball energy. But we're going to the pitching side. And we obviously have to start with Gene Pinto, who has pitched twice now so far this season. Um, I know he hasn't been completely lights out and they've been two kind of, you know, varying outings so far for him, but what have been the, the early returns on his first two high A outings? I think he's just too excited to get out there and, and show what he's got. I mean, he, he already works fast. I don't think the pitch clock and these new uh, pace of play things are going to be an issue for him. He's, he's working too fast to start the season. I think uh, as he's gotten more settled in, he's looked better and better. You know, he gave up a two-run homer in his second start and then settled down from there and shut him down. He's still got 11 strikeouts over six innings. He's walking more than I think he ultimately will, but I think the stuff still looks great. I think we saw it with Eric Garfield's videos from uh, minor league spring training. His breaking balls are are breaking, and uh, his changeup works really well. He's still got that nice fastball, so still encouraged. I think he'll get better as the season goes on. I think he was just trying to make a statement and maybe uh, – Work, you know, uh, got a little too excited, got a little too carried away, but nothing to be ashamed of. Do you see a potential for him to be in double A by the end of the season? I think it's possible. I mean, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think, you know, if he comes out, settles down, starts pitching the way he did in Delmarva at the end of last year, I think that's certainly a possibility. Um, maybe by August, maybe a month or two. I don't think it's going to be anything anytime soon. But right. it's possible. He, he's also so much younger, too, that even if he starts putting up numbers like he did in Delmarva, just because of the age, just let him, even if he goes one level a year, like he's still going to be pretty young when he's close to the big leagues. So that that obviously helps him out. And, you know, the reason why I started with Gene Pinto is because if anyone listens to your guys' podcast or follows you on Twitter, they know you love Gene Pinto. And I think at this point, you've basically put it to Orioles fans that Pinto is probably the biggest name in terms of of pitchers on this roster over a couple of guys who were, you know, drafted fairly highly and have been in the system longer. So in terms of pitching, I just kind of wanted to open it up to you because it is a very mixed bag of guys who are on this roster. You've got starters, you've got starters who are working out of the bullpen. You've got guys who are already kind of relievers at the high A level. So, you know, we'll talk about a couple names, but, but who's the first non Gene Pinto name that sticks out to you on the pitching staff? For me, it's Carlos Tavera. Another guy, Matt Blood, seemed high on when we talked to him and in that article, I believe he's got good stuff. He's coming out of college. I think he was throwing a little harder than even like the baseball Americas of the world were, were reporting. I think he came in, had a little velo bump at the start of last year with uh, Delmarva and he was hitting mid 90s. And I think if he can do that, then he's got enough stuff to stick as a starter long term, at least until, you know, you're knocking on the door of the major leagues. I think if any one of these guys not named Gene Pinto is going to be like a starter in AAA and we're waiting for him to get his call up in a year or two. I think it'll be Tavera. Yeah. And he's so interesting because, you know, he's the first pitcher taken in the draft by the Orioles last year as a fifth round pick. And, you know, he's not a guy in the sec. He's from UT Arlington. And, you know, not only is that a small school, but you know, almost every team in Texas is pretty good. UT Arlington is one of the worst division one, not that they're terrible, but, you know, compared to a lot of the smaller schools in Texas, they're not one of the ones that are making, you know, the NCAA tournament every year. So it's it's that as well, where he's not only coming from a smaller school in baseball, it's easier to find good players at smaller schools, but it's coming from a smaller school that doesn't, 
you know, have all the success in the world and to find him and that stuff and the mid nineties fastball and the good breaking stuff, uh, he'll definitely be interesting. Now, I think another interesting thing about this team is for a high A team, I feel like there's multiple guys who are kind of already relievers and trying to fast track themselves similar to what Felix Bautista did last year, going from Aberdeen all the way up to Norfolk. And now he's awesome to watch in the big league bullpen. And, you know, even on a lower scale, you know, there is a Morgan McSweeney who was in Aberdeen last year, got to Bowie, and now all of a sudden Fangraphs ranks him in their prospects. So is there a potential Felix Bautista rise on this roster or at the very least a Morgan McSweeney rise, you think, out of any of these relief type guys? Yeah, I think there's some interesting names to watch there. Ricky Ramirez, I think there's a little bit under the radar as far as the relievers go. Cade Stroud throws hard. He's got a zero ERA so far. Clayton McGinnis, he's pretty good. Uh, Wes Robertson, who we just picked up. But if you're, even if you're looking at guys who are getting stretched out a little bit, Noah DeNoyer, he's got a silly curveball. And he's he struck out 11 batters over five innings. Walks too many so far, but I really think he's got a live arm. He throws hard, and he's got that ridiculous breaking ball. And I like uh, what I've seen from Justin Armbruster so far. I know he's got a little bit roughed up in the second start, but he's an interesting arm as well. And shout out to Nick Stevens, my co-host. He loves Peter Van Loon, so keep an eye out for him too. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting interesting group of pitchers. You know, Van Loon and Arm Brewster, both uh, from the 2021 draft. And then you've got guys like a, a Houston Roth and a, you know, and a McGinnis, like you mentioned, even Griffin McLarty, who are guys who have feel, you know, some of them are even 2019 guys, but that just feels so long ago that, you know, it feels like they've, they've stuck around for a while. And, you know, some of these guys are going to emerge from this pitching staff. They're going to be in Bowie by the end of the year. And, you know, once you get to double A, that whole script, it just flips on you and it becomes okay now you know maybe you were never a top prospect but now you're in double a and if you're getting guys out there you know things really change for you and you know on this pitching staff you know maybe it, it won't be the most exciting group but you know it's the other thing kind of with the the delmarva pitching as i talked about the hitting it's younger so you know a lot of these these pitchers are are going to have a chance to kind of stick around and uh you know roll through the season. We're going to continue with Bob Phelan in just a second, but first got to talk about Built Bar because this is the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. It tastes like a candy bar. That is the best part about Built Bar. You open it up, you know you're getting something healthy. You're getting 17 grams of protein. You're getting just 130 calories, but you bite into it and it feels like you're eating a candy bar. It doesn't have that bad chalky taste like a lot of other protein bars. It's delicious. It's got great flavors like my favorite peanut butter brownie. It's got mint brownie, white chocolate chunk, and many, many more. They've also got Built Puffs, which is their newest product, a protein-infused marshmallow covered in chocolate. It's really the first of its kind out there. So to get your hands on all these great products, head over to Built.com. And if you use the promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So we're here with Bob Phelan, co-host of On The Verge, covering all things Orioles minor leagues. Fantastic podcast to know. Pretty much all of my listeners probably are also listening to On The Verge over there. I think we have a lot of crossover, uh, which is fun as well. Why It's always fun to have you on here, Bob. So we talked about a lot of names so far, and that's why Aberdeen is so interesting because besides the Mayo and the Kowser, it's just like a lot of guys who may not hit but could hit, and that's why the season is so important. So is there a name, a sleeper, a real under-the-radar guy who we haven't mentioned yet at all 
I would assume would be a hitter, but it could be a pitcher who you know could break out on this roster. Yeah, it will be a hitter. But first, I'd like to shout out Jensen Elliott. I don't know what kind of potential he has. Probably a bullpen arm eventually, but he's gone seven innings, not giving up a run, struck out ten and only walked one. So that's pretty cool for him. I'm interested what the Orioles are doing with Ramon Rodriguez, the catcher, who they sent to the Arizona Fall League, and it was kind of like, huh, maybe they see something here. He's starting in high average, and he's still only like 24, I believe. Uh, he's he's batting 333 with the 777. OPS so far, um, I, I think they like this guy. And if if they do, then it's probably for a good reason. So I think he's a good defensive catcher who could maybe potentially hit if he, uh, you know, continues to develop. So I, I'm kind of keeping that in the back of my mind as the season goes on. Yeah, it was interesting when they sent him to the fall league. I know a lot of us were like, is he just going to be kind of a, an emergency catcher? And then he was, you know, he got in some games and the team wins the Arizona Fall League Championship. And you're like, huh. You know, maybe it was a little more than that. And you kind of almost started to realize, is this the catcher in the system, you know, not named Adley Rutschman, that maybe some pitchers like throwing to the most? And and that could have just been the case for sending him to the Arizona Fall League. And it's a pretty important guy, I would say, to to keep around in your system, especially for catching depth as well. Well, Bob, it's going to be, a, you know, a fun season for the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And uh, I know I'll be at the ballpark multiple times just because, uh, you know, it's it's the easiest way to see these guys because it can uh, it can be tough sometimes. But while I had you here, you know, we had some Orioles news from earlier today that involved the major league team, but also a guy who's former first round pick and, and been a prospect in this O system for a while and has been around. And, and that's DJ Stewart, who was DFA by the Orioles on Tuesday. And, you know, it's been a long winding road for Stewart since they took him in the first round out of Florida State. And, you know, it's been tough to watch at times in the majors. He pinch hit in three games this season after making the opening date roster got sent down to triple a you know he was hurt most of spring training but still made the roster then got sent down it was very odd how it all happened for him and now you know it wasn't he wasn't dfa'd to add kyle stowers or robert newstrom or usniel diaz he was dfa'd because the o's needed a spot start from chris ellis and that almost brings another layer into all of this so i just kind of wanted to get your initial reaction to when you saw that that this was the time that Stewart gets DFA'd. Yeah, it is kind of odd because if this was the way it was going to be, then why did he survive the entire offseason, the entire spring? And like you said, only get three pinch hit at bats in that opening series. But, you know, he still probably provided more value than most late first round picks will. So, you know, hopefully he's, he's shown flashes. If the hit tool was any better, he'd be a very interesting player. He walks. He's got a little pop. He just he can't make contact enough or at least enough good contact. So, you know, maybe he'll get picked up by someone and, and they'll figure it out. But it just was never going to happen here. Surprise it took so long. I know Orioles fans are probably happy, but we'll see what they do with the roster spot because I doubt all these pitchers like Spencer Watkins, Chris Ellis, and Travis Lakins are going to survive much longer. So clearly they're going to use them in a more interesting way soon. But for now, see you later, DJ. Yeah, it was it was also interesting because like, you know, they they optioned Marcos Duplan to make room, but they didn't DFA him. Travis Lakins is still there after that outing on Saturday. That, that, that would have been the easier move, honestly. And you hold on to Stewart for a little longer. I did want to ask, you know, my initial reaction was I really do think he's going to pass through waivers. And I think if he thinks his chance is still there he might accept that outright to Norfolk. What's your gut feeling? You know, it's kind of three options here. I don't think they'll be able to trade him. So it's kind of three options. He gets claimed. 
he passes through and elects free agency or he passes through and accepts Norfolk. What, what's your gut feeling? You think how this goes? I'm thinking someone might claim him, but I honestly hadn't even considered that he would make it through and stay in the organization. That that would be odd just because there's so many outfielders already at Norfolk and then some more coming up from Bowie. So, yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting. But I think someone will grab him. I think a team in a National League that could just use maybe some DH at bats or someone off the bench, or maybe they'll even turn around and try to pass him through waivers themselves. I, I bet he gets claimed. Yeah. And, you know, he's still got that that batter's eye that is what, you know, it, it's power from the left side and a really good batter's eye that despite him hitting 200 last year, he had a 320 on base. So it's still something that works at the major league level. You just can't put him in the outfield. You just literally can't put him on no. defense. And, and we've seen that go poorly too, too many times. But Bob, thank you so much for joining us to talk Aberdeen Ironbirds and, and you know, chat a little bit about the, the kind of breaking news with DJ Stewart being designated for assignment. Of course, you can find Bob uh, over at On The Verge, the fantastic podcast that covers all things Orioles minor leagues. Uh, anything you want to plug uh, that you guys are uh, have coming up just podcast-wise? I know you guys are doing streams and, and uh, with Patreon as well. Anything you want to plug? Yeah, we have episode 100 coming up in about three weeks or so, and it should be an interesting episode. That's all I'll say. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Yeah, excited for that. Well, Bob, uh, thanks again for joining us on the pod here. Of course. Thanks for having me. So that was Bob Phelan of BSL on The Verge. Check out their pod every Monday. Great job covering the Orioles minor leagues. We'll be back here tomorrow to continue talking O's minor leagues because, listen, the Orioles are playing at 10 p.m. in Oakland, and uh, the sleep schedule is just not working for me to stay up and talk about those games. We'll talk about all those Oakland games on Friday's episode. But on tomorrow's episode, Bob's co-host, Zach Spedden, is going to be on the podcast again. We're talking Norfolk Tides the darlings of the Orioles system so far. They're scoring a lot of runs. They're striking out a lot of people. And for the first time in my lifetime, the Norfolk Tides are a whole lot of fun. So we'll talk about that tomorrow with Zach Spedden of On The Verge. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.